Today is September 27th, 2022, and on the Teensy Leader podcast, we have Mr. Gregory Kleino. Hello. Gregory, right? Yeah. That's how you, that's how you're IMDb'd? Yeah, I'm uh, professionally Gregory. My friends call me Greg. My good friends call me Gregory. (laughs) (laughs) Gregory Kleino, everybody. Uh, The master of puns himself. Welcome to uh, the Teensy Leader Podcast. You haven't been here. Well, you've been here, but you haven't been on the podcast. That's right. I have not, and it's uh, finally fun to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for for being on. Um, So... Uh, for all of you to know, Greg is one of the people who actually helped uh, form Teensy Leader Pictures. I'm not wearing my yellow beanie. I'm, I feel sad about that. Yep. That's uh, that's us. As Greg says, the lemon heads. We all have these yellow beanies that we just seem to wear. Uh, me, Greg, and Courtney. Shout out to Courtney in Norway. Hey, Courtney. What's up? Um, anyway, uh, welcome on. um so on this podcast we kind of just like take people on and ask them about themselves their background their artistry cool uh things like that so i know a lot about you and i'll kind of like at times maybe just interject and be like but what about this (laughs) or whatever it is uh but besides that um maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself uh your your name your pronouns yeah, uh, your background, where you're from, and uh, your background specifically with artistry. If there's anything that uh, you have done that helps uh, to who you are now as an artist. So, just yeah. so people know, Greg is um, a slew of things. He's an he's an actor. Uh, he's an AD. He's an editor. He's uh, uh, maybe some other stuff. Stage you don't know manager. About. <laughs> Uh, a million jobs, a yeah. million hats. What else do you think you would go under that? Well, I could just start with uh, Yeah, you background. go, you go. Yeah. Sorry, so, yeah. Yeah, Gregory Kleino is my name. Uh, him, he, him, pronouns. And uh, I started off with drawing. Uh, my mom uh, was really interested when I was really young that she would do sometimes charcoal drawings of us. And I'd be like, Mom, can you do another charcoal drawing of me? It's cool, right? And uh, so then in middle school and high school I really dove in heavy into art specifically drawing and got a little bit of painting here and there did some ceramics like twice in my AP art class in high school Uh, but I took AP art uh, junior and senior year of high school so I was just constantly doing stuff Uh, that also got me into painting so I'd been doing murals recently just finished two murals which is really fun a buddy of mine just had his first son and we painted his nursery. Well, I painted his nursery. We came up with an idea, and we painted it. So That's so cool. Yeah, but it all started with uh, pencil drawing, and then after high school, I got more into inking and color drawing and uh, really comic book style artwork mm-hmm. was, is my favorite thing to do with that. And then uh, from there, it just would go on to uh, – whatever I was feeling. If I'm feeling like sketching a picture, I'll sketch a picture. If I want to do it with pen, pencil, or whatever. And then, of course, with theater, I got into theater in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they always say, how'd you how'd you fall in love with acting? And I, My story is kind of funny, where I went to see my best friend in a play in my senior year of high school. So I didn't even start acting until I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And 
in the play, it's called The Desperate Hours, he got to kiss the hottest girl in school. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I think I want to do that. (laughs) Uh. So I was like, I think I'm going to audition for the other, the next play. And my (laughs) other friend, he literally pushed me through the door of the audition. And I was terrible in that. But I got the part the first time auditioning. And probably because I was friends with a lot of the other, uh, I guess, classmates. Because they're not really castmates yet. Um, Theater colors, theater people. The theater director, the theater teacher at the high school is like, well, you get along with everybody. Why don't you do this? I guess he saw something in me because haven't stopped since. (laughs) He saw the spark, the fire. That first play was called The Matchmaker. The Matchmaker? Thornton Wilder. Thornton Wilder. Yeah. Sounds pretty old school. It is pretty old school. Uh, The Matchmaker. Two fellas, they're like... I don't know, shop workers. I forget exactly what they are, but it's like an old school term for something that we don't even use anymore. And they decide to go to the city and pick up chicks. <laughs> I was a waiter. You were a waiter? Yeah. Did the waiter get to kiss anyone? The waiter did not get to kiss anyone. Damn Although, <laughs> back in the high school days, and being a young actor, very green, of course, being my first show, but... In high school, you always have all these pranks that you would pull on each other, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they had one prank where you would try to make each other laugh on the final night of the performances. We mm-hmm. had four performances, Tuesday through Friday. And so nowadays, it's like, no. I even teach that when I'm teaching students, like, no, don't do that, <laughs> unless I'm trying to get a certain kind of emotion, right? Yeah. But my buddy, who I just painted uh, the mural for, he was walking. He's also the one that got to kiss the girl in the previous play. He was walking on his exit. I was walking on my entrance. We were going through like a kitchen door, a double door. And I just tap him right in the balls as he uh, makes his way onto stage. And it was it was funny because he had to say his first couple lines in pain. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Oh, man. And then right after that, I got into my first musical. And that uh, gave me a love for singing and dancing and acting all along the triple threat and Mm -hmm. got my degree in musical theater and yeah after that was just do plays all the time do musicals all the time it took me five Mm -hmm. years to get a two-year degree because i was just constantly doing plays in college Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. tmcc tmcc yeah that's why yeah and uh at the same time i had some buddies from high school and some other friends that were into film and we Got our feet wet in that. Made a couple of things early on. Mm-hmm. And then about, I don't know, 10 years after that is when I really started to get fa- uh, serious about filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Constantly watching the the free education of YouTube. <laughs> like, okay, let's figure out how to do this. Let's uh, go through all the, the really cool channels. Uh, like Film Riot is where I would start, you know, and then... Uh, Nowadays, I've been watching a really cool one called Studio Binder, which is all like the theory of filmmaking and storytelling. Um, there's a really good one called Filmmakers Academy that shows you how to do the the high budget type uh, stuff, a lot of lighting stuff, type stuff. And that was where I lighting is where I started in the technical side of theatricality because mm-hmm. yeah, I was always like, I'm not just gonna be an actor. I just want to be an actor, and I started uh, 
just hanging around the theater because I would go back to my high school theater. Everybody would go back to their high school theater, right? Mm -hmm. Just hang out with their friends after hours. And the director, the theater teacher, the same one that cast me the first time, Mm -hmm. was like, you know what? If you're going to be here, do something. Mm -hmm. Here, learn this light board. He didn't even teach me how to do it. He just pointed at it and said, here, learn how to do this. Do it. I was like, okay, cool. I'm graduated, but still learning from the same guy. I have a really high respect for him. His name's Brent Matthews. Brent Matthews? Yeah. I don't know, but shout out. Hey. <laughs> um, what were those uh, Those three, the three, I believe they're YouTube channels. Ooh, Studio Binder's one of them, because I've watched that before. Yeah, I started, started with Film Riot, and back then they were super DIY. Now they've gotten into some of the really good, uh, I guess, high, low-budget stuff, <laughs> you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but high-end if you're a DIYer. Uh, and they did a lot of VFX, too. I never really wanted to learn VFX, so mm-hmm. I kind of skipped past some of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but just seeing people do movies from where they are, he always, uh, Ryan Connolly on Film Riot always says, write, shoot, edit, repeat. And uh, mm-hmm. I really take that to heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Studio Binder is one that I found recently, which is, it just breaks down everything about story process whether it's uh today i watched one about what is a mcguffin (laughs) how do you write a mcguffin and how do you use a mcguffin they also have a really great one on how to shot list and different shot sizes uh filmmakers academy is uh shane hurlbut and used to be hurlbut academy and he's just showing you how to use all the lights in the in a really cinematic way he he's the one that shot um terminator salvation and I mean, just look him up. You can see his credits. Yeah. You know? Just IMDb me. Yeah. That mu- that must be so sick to say. I don't ever say that to anyone. <laughs> just look me up on IMDb. Like that you'll never find. You, maybe one day you'll find me saying that. I don't know. But at this point, <laughs> like I wouldn't. Pff, yeah. Somebody who can say that though. Yeah. Gosh. Just, just past weekend, I was on a random gig. Nothing to do with film. I was just stage managing some concerts. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. One of the guys was like, hey, you look familiar. Have you? Have I seen you before? He's like, well, actually, I've been in a couple of things. <laughs> and it turns out he didn't actually see those things. But <laughs> he's like, you still look familiar. And I told him my name once, briefly. And our next conversation, like an hour later, when the band was loading out, he's like, ah, oh, so I looked you up on IMDb, and now that you've been all this stuff. I was like, ah, cool. You actually spelled my name right. You're too. a real person. <laughs> You do exist. I do exist. Excuse me. Um, I was gonna ask. Get, can you give me like two or three more YouTube channels? I know. I know that you have like a list. Yeah, I do have of a YouTube list. channels of like great. I'm trying to learn film stuff, mm-hmm. and there are people who watch this for that specifically. Yeah. Besides uh, Sudo Bonder, Film Riot. Just throw out a couple more. I'm going to have to grab my phone for this. Oh. I wrote them down so I don't have to forget oh, them. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just uh, fill I in. Write it down. Fill I don't in have to the remember. Time. Um, they're, uh, they're all really good. You just look up different filmmaking techniques on YouTube, yeah. um, whether it's how do I do three-point lighting? Just type in yeah. how do I do three-point three lighting, lighting. Yep. into YouTube, and you'll be like, okay, here's a whole incredible list of If you don't know awesome three-point lighting, look it up. It's important. It's yes. the basic Recently, I've been uh, learning a lot about color correcting in my editing work. Oh, man. And there's a, a channel called, oh, man, I'm going to butcher this one, Wakaz Kazi. 
you could just type in Kazi, Q-A-Z-I. And he he is, I really connect with the way he teaches color grading and color correcting. He uses also uh, DaVinci Resolve, which is a free software that anybody could use. Mm-hmm. And he really breaks it down into a, a really streamlined way of how to color grade. Even if you're not using that software, he's like, these are the theories behind it. And this is how you would go about doing it on any software. And it's, I think it's really improved my color grading during my edits. Another one, oh, and another great one for, uh, for just equipment and how to use equipment and just to get good reviews on equipment is Epic Light Media. Epic Light Media, he, he, always, he does this fun thing at the end of every episode of don't subscribe to me, don't like our channel because he just tries to go against the YouTube algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I really connect with the way he talks about equipment and all of that all the uh, filmmaking styles and techniques that he talks about as well. Flick is another good one. She's uh, she's Australian, I think. Maybe she's in New Zealand. But she talks about camera gear specifically. She's a cinematographer. Uh, another good one. I haven't watched him in a while is Potato Jet. He's gone a little bit less of filmmaking and more towards vlogging. Um, so that's why I haven't watched him in a while, but he's got a lot of really good uh, gear reviews as well. You say logging? Vlogging. Vlogging. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, get it. <laughs> if we're going old school, uh, Indie Mogul is a classic that's always good to watch. Mm-hmm. I really love catching their interviews with famous cinematographers or, or uh, gaffers. They have some really good interviews on uh, people who work behind the scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. I watched one on the Haunting Hill House, the guy who lit Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. And they had this really good, like, 10-minute interview about how they did that show. Uh, they had a really good one on, uh, I forgot who the, this producer was, but on, like, how to price yourself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Film Courage is another good one. Uh, In-Depth scene, Cine. Wandering DP is awesome. He's a... He's a cinematographer, and he breaks down commercials in the aspect of lighting. He's like, tells you straight out, I didn't light this, but this is what I can see in just the frame, and this is how they lit it just by looking at the picture Mm -hmm. that they shot. And he tells you this is why they lit it that way, and this is why I would do it that way. And that's really cool to... Not just ha- learn the theory about it, but really deconstruct a picture. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so the light's coming in at this angle. They shot it into the corner of the room. They have a window right here, so they're using that to motivate light coming in from this other side. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's like, look, man, they really go into depth with this stuff. They think about it. For time sure. of day. Mm-hmm. Even if you're shooting inside, looking out a window, you still got to think about time of day. Mm-hmm. Brady Bissett is fun. He does, he does a lot of lighting. D for Darius, he's a great one. He uh, he goes through all sorts of sort of starting off one-man band type deal in filmmaking as we all started off was, it's just me. I'm making a movie, you know, that's and then it. you get a friend that's like, oh, I want to make a movie with you. And, or, or you have another friend that says, oh, you're really good at that. Do that on my movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or you want to learn movies. So come on, mm-hmm. you know, it's a team sport. Yeah. Filmmaker IQ is another great one. They do 
their older videos are really great about terminology on set, on film set, or if you don't know what all those people listed in the credits are, you'll mm-hmm. go through all like, okay, this is what a line producer is, and this is oh, what they man. do. And I didn't know that existed. I wish that existed <laughs> so long ago. God, that's yeah. so nice. Yeah, so I've spent a lot of time on my YouTube education. Yeah, that's why I the second you started bringing that up, I was just like, oh man, this is good. We'll probably so end shout up out just, to all those. Com- we'll uh, put channels. a link <laughs> for all of them down below. Like and subscribe if you're listening to us right now. Like and subscribe if you're listening on uh, Spotify. Shout out because we're on Spotify. Hey, and if Spotify. you're listening on YouTube right now, hey, we're on Spotify and you can watch us there too. Just <laughs> yeah, so you definitely know. Definitely check out all those channels. Check, yeah, definitely. Um, and we'll, like I said, we'll we'll list all that stuff there. Um, back to you. Yeah. Sorry. So, <laughs> so back to you. So that that's a little bit of your uh, YouTube education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of that, I spent so much time doing that over the past, I don't know, four years. Five years, uh, I guess since 2015 was really when I got serious about filmmaking, uh, seven years. And it's really just been about filmmaking for me lately, you know? Yep. Also, I I joined Actors' Equity Association mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and so it's hard to get work on stage right now. When's the last time you did a stage production? My last stage production was the summer of 2019. What did you do? That that was just after. So that year I did um, the, the Crucible. At Bruca. At Bruca. Yeah. At Bruca Theater in Reno. Um, and then before that I did Akhenaten, this white guy playing Egyptian. Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know, is is an Agatha Christie, so it was a, a good. It wasn't even a whodunit, but it was a fun story. But yeah, then we did Crucible uh, right after that, and then uh, did uh, Shakespeare Festival at, in the summer. Gosh, I don't remember what so, play that was. So it's Shakespeare. Shakespeare, yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah, I spent Shakespeare seven, Lake. six or seven years teaching Shakespeare with through the festival and doing their mm-hmm. summer program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last. Thing you did might have been like, uh, like what the actual production that they have up there for Shakespeare? Was it the, the I stage junior? managed that production? Oh, I assistant stage managed that production, yeah. and then uh, they have a, a program called the G.G. Manchetti Young Shakespeare Program, where That's it's a uh, a one hour version of whatever the main stage is doing. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing much ado about nothing, they'll do a one hour version of it, and half the cast will be uh, professional air quote actors. Um, since you can't the program itself doesn't really allow equity actors to be in it because of the availability and times between everything that goes on Mm -hmm. Um, so half the cast is professional actors and half the cast are students from around the area so they get everybody gets a mentor and everybody gets a mentee and it's really cool to see these kids just light up about Shakespeare or theater in general and they get to tour show for the first time for a lot of them. Have you, have you done uh, that program or any Shakespeare or any teaching, as a matter of fact, in the last couple of years? Since uh, the pandemic, I have not been able to. No. Yeah. Uh, two weeks before, so at March of 2020 was the last time I taught. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then I was nine months unemployed, getting that sweet pandemic employment from the government, sweet, which came back sweet. to bite us in the butt on taxes. But uh, <laughs> uh, that was the last time I caught was March 2020. Um, we spent the first two weeks of pandemic. Uh, me and my boss were just meeting on Zoom and restructuring our, our lesson plans to online model and after nine months of not getting anything right, we couldn't even go into schools, right? Mm-hmm. I uh, got a new job. Yeah. Mostly out of, well, entirely out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's life kind of changed. Yeah. Yeah. I get but it. at least my new job, I get to deal with elements of filmmaking, whether it's, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, straight up narrative film. But I get to I get to light stuff. I get to edit mm-hmm. things. I get to all the building blocks. All are the there. building blocks. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm a faster editor now. I so, can edit on different platforms now. So definitely. Um, so maybe you could tell people about your current job. Yeah. So I do video and production uh, at my church, Grace Church Reno, and a lot of my day to day stuff looks like uh, editing announcement videos, uh, where we shoot a talking head. It's usually this last one I did was me, so I had to watch myself while I was editing. Um, but it's like a minute long of just straight announcements and then cutting it together from the eight minutes or so of rambling on in the studio in front of the white screen down to a minute of all the good takes and then cutting that together using B-roll support, using text support of uh, titles, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. trying to have fun with it whether it's, so it's not just a talking head blaring at you so I've got some hey, movement hey, in there hey, <laughs> yeah get some good graphic support which is something that I was not used to at all mm. like I would just straight up before just cut narratively you know I would mm-hmm. never do anything with b-roll or graphics or tech support you know text support mm-hmm. um, so that was a learning process for me and I had to learn Final Cut as well yeah, because that's uh, what they use. That's what they use there. Uh, everything's Mac there. I'm like the one holdout with my Android phone. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy that makes yeah. that conversation I'm not green. Even, <laughs> yeah, I'm not even in the group conversation. Like they, 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 my whole you. team has a com- group conversation, and they like refuse to start a new one because <laughs> I'm an Android. <laughs> yeah, they'll we'll email you. Yeah, it's fine. It's like we'll see you. You're there. <laughs> just tell, just <laughs> tell me. I'll just pop my head out my office. Hey, what's going on? Oh, okay, cool. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, what's up? Yeah. It's a great team to work with, too. I've uh, grown very close, very close with these uh, this group of people. Yeah. Yeah, I work directly with the uh, worship leader who control, who uh, controls, like, the song choices, uh, the all the singers. Um, we have, like, four different services that we provide. Uh, and then uh, the music director, uh, recently they split the position into two people, which I thought was brilliant. Mm. That way one person's not dealing with everything. Mm-hmm. So the music director uh, deals with all the band, with the composition, with the – if you needed to put the song in a different key, they'll do it. Uh, mm-hmm. They work with tracks a lot, and so he'll he'll build all the all the tracks if we need – Recorded background vocals, he'll do that and back in his office. and mm. he, he, His job is much more involved than that, and, and I don't know a lot of it, but he's 
an excellent musician. Uh, and What's the, that guy's name? His name's Trevor Hallam. He's a music director. Grayson Labrie is the worship leader. They're both excellent uh, at what they do. Um, and then I would also work with the communications, creative and communications. Uh, I guess she's not a director, but she's uh, like the person who controls all of that. Her title, all of our titles just kind of say what it is, not like what the ranking of it is. Like I'm video and production, uh, and she's creative and communications. Uh, I guess music directors, you know, director or worship leaders, leader. But And then uh, I've got a direct supervisor for video. His mm-hmm. name's Ben. He's a really good guy. And then uh, the lighting guy, his name is Caleb. He's a whiz at lighting. Yeah, we just got a new grand MA, so he's learning one of the rare boards that are out there that are like your super high end. So mm-hmm. he's learning the grand MA three program software, which not a whole lot of people know. And he's pretty getting really good at M- grand MA two software, which is awesome. Cause that's, you know, like Disneyland. We mm-hmm. were down there uh, a week and a half ago and they have like seven or eight grand MAs and they're all just running the entire parks, you know? Damn. Yeah. So if he wanted to, he could go down there and get a job. Crazy. And so you can do a our lot. production lead, which is Jason, and he's he knows a lot about a lot of things, which is really really handy when it comes to being a production lead. Mm-hmm. And then our our uh, grand manager, you could call her. She said she controls the creative team. Is Karen, and she uh, tells us what to do and if she thinks it'll work or not. <laughs> and you like it down there? I do. Uh, yeah. I. Like with every job, you have your ups and downs, but mm-hmm. it's a. Uh, I think because of all my friends and all the friends on the other teams as well, it's it really makes you want to stick it out. It's definitely uh, a great job for mm-hmm. uh, someone like you, especially because because you're right, you can you can just literally grind out filmmaking basics all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course we have. St- uh, our student team brings students in a lot, so I can actually teach the students. Mm-hmm. We have this one kid uh, who's at the high school right up the street. And he comes down and volunteers a lot, and he's uh, he's getting pretty good at being a photographer. Another student from the same school, he's getting really good at doing all the stage production stuff. It's it's fun to – it takes me back to being a teacher. You, know, you just get to see these kids learn, which is really cool. Pretty, pretty dope. Except the ones that misplace tools. We couldn't find our wrenches today. <laughs> like, turning into my dad. Where's my tools? <laughs> Everything has its place. Everything has its home. Yeah. Everything. Um, so, uh, so you work at Grace mm-hmm. currently. Yeah. Um, but what other things do you do? So maybe we should backtrack for a moment. So, um, I've always known you as an actor. I've always yes. known you, uh, mostly through musical theater. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen you do some Shakespeare things, um, and then, uh, onward into film, mm-hmm. but I want to go way, way back. So you do, uh, you do drawing. I do drawing. You do drawing. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, any like drawings anywhere? I think I've seen some of your drawings at some point. Yeah. My, I've, I've my Facebook page has yeah. an album that I haven't uploaded anything to in a long time, but it's got a lot of. My drawings in there from my sketchbooks and stuff. So would you say that this is maybe like your first form of, of uh, storytelling? Yeah. Yeah, because my style of drawing is more illustration. 
like if people would say, oh, you should become an animator. But like I'm more of an illustrator. So mm. uh, like the picture at the front of a chapter in a young adult book, you know, mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff that I like to do, whether it's that or uh, the cover of a comic book, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think it'd be fun to do all the panels inside the comic book, but gosh, that takes so much effort. Yeah. It's um, a lot. Yeah. One of my favorite artists, Jim Lee, he'll do just like a, a live YouTube of him drawing Batman, you know, or Joker mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, and real fast. Yeah. And <laughs> I love, I love just illustrating. I mean, it's a, I'm sure there's a easier way to make the difference of whether you know, still life or illustration or animation or whatever type of art it is, mm -hmm. but illustrating is my style. Yeah, sorry. Or genre, uh, whatever that would be. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm unsure about genres of. Uh, I mean, I know I know genres like you know, there's comic book and mm -hmm. and. Uh, there's, you know, surrealism and different styles of painting and stuff, mm -hmm. but I'm unsure of the genre work when it comes to, I guess, what are we talking about on genre here? Yeah, the, just uh, like... The, like, quantity or, like, where it goes or album work. I, I, there has to be a, yeah. a name for it. I'm sure uh, my buddy's art history degreed wife would know <laughs> <laughs> and only her and that's yeah. why she got the degree i hope you know what it is if you're listening i hope you're yelling it right now what are they talking about i don't know it's art and i like doing it <laughs> that's what people will say yeah but she'll know um yeah it, that's kind of interesting like i've seen i've seen you draw before but i guess i didn't know that it was a. Uh, it was the thing that like first draw, uh, drew you into art. See what you did there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Another thing, Greg is the master of puns. The master of puns. Oh, I'm being shown a, a picture right now by Cassie. It's, oh, my uh, Joker. It's a Joker face. Yeah, this is uh, a buddy of mine had his, his own sketchbook dedicated to Batman and Batman characters and Bat family and. I don't want to put it too close to the camera because I'm afraid that it's going to focus on that and then never focus on us again. But it's the Joker. You can see it. Kind it's, of. Uh, it's in the style of Heath Ledger. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That one took me a long time, too, and I hadn't drawn a Heath Ledger Joker ever. And so that was that was a lot of fun. Heath Ledger. Joker's that role like, oh, going for an Oscar, aren't you? Yeah. Going for that award, and I think now it's just a little too obvious, you know? Yeah, unless you're a tranny joker, <laughs> which no one will ever see now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just been overused, but, you know, just like Batman and Spider-Man, just been overused and overplayed, but they're mm -hmm. just going to keep doing it. And I'm still going to give my money for it. <laughs> we're all still going to probably give our money for it. That's the thing. Yeah, just like... Your favorite genres, you know, my favorite movie, our movies are in space. So anything set in space is going to get my movie. Any space. Groundhog type day. Yep. Movie is going to like Edge of Tomorrow. Anything that repeats on itself is going to get my money. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. uh, Happy Death Day or Happy Death yep. Day to you. Mm -hmm. Or hopefully they make the third one, fingers crossed. Hopefully. <laughs> I, yeah, heard, I those, saw an interview. Those first two were really good though. Yeah. I saw an interview with the lead actor, actress and, uh, 
and I think the director, and they're talking about the script for the third one and how it mm. just goes even further into, into this it. other realm. Because the first one's just a slasher, and it's great, and it has mm. this whole day-repeating thing. And then the second one, it's like, oh, well, this is more of a sci-fi now, but it still has a slasher element. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how the third one just goes nuts. And I'm like, I want to watch this. More genre? Yeah. Even more genre? Oh, even more one. genre, like sci-fi. Yeah. And I love bizarre. Bizarre stuff is probably one of my favorite things to watch. Things like that, where it changes genre in the middle mm-hmm. of it. Um, like the movie Sunshine, where it, mm-hmm. it starts off as just this nice sci-fi, where they got to go blow up the sun to restart it, you know? <laughs> and then it turns into this horror, which goes existential at the end, you know? Or uh, TV shows like The OA on Netflix. I mm-hmm. love that show. And it's only two seasons, and they canceled it before the third season. And I was like, no, I like this show so much. And it's so out there. Or Maniac on Netflix also. Uh, they're just so crazy. And I, I love watching them. And I really got to... Start making my own bizarre things. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything uh, planned right now? Anything I've got on the horizons. I've got one script that I have been working on for a little while. It's a it's an alien invasion type movie, but with teenagers and battle axes. That sounds fun. Any, yeah. <laughs> uh, any influences or anything you can tell us about the script? Uh, every time I picture it, I picture cowboys and aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, with battle axes, but with battle axes and like cell phones, you know. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. uh, they're they're flying aliens, flyers. Yeah. What did you think of? Uh, did you see Nope? I did not see Nope. I've seen oh, so much behind the scenes you, of it. I was going to ask you what you that think. I need to watch it because mm-hmm. I've seen like all the behind the scenes that they've released and just the way they lit it. Instead of doing day for night, they did night for day, and oh man, it's just so technically exhilarating and interesting you know and the way they the why they shot on IMAX cameras not just that they shot on IMAX cameras but the reasoning behind it and how they go into like if you ever were to capture a UFO on camera you would need an IMAX camera to do it you know Mm -hmm. so it's like oh cool (laughs) it's uh pretty cool it's pretty cool movie there are some people that I know that didn't like it um and I feel like Without saying too much about it, I, f- I feel like it can get – if you're looking at it on a surface level, it might be a little confusing. Mm. But I feel like uh, some of it you might just read too much into. Oh, yeah. You know? Like a, l- a lot of it are just themes. A lot yeah. of it are just like the same theme hammered in over and over again. I would have characters and I'd stuff. I'd be curious to see if I'd like it. I know I would enjoy watching it. And I know it would be an excellently made movie, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to see if I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, with his first movie, Get Out. I, I thought that was say us, but I was like, nope, yeah. that's not. I thought Get Out was such a good movie that I didn't quite like. Uh, same with same with like, like Aronofsky's stuff. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. such a good movie. I hate it. But why? <laughs> but why? Give me give me the example. Uh, I mean, you could do it up uh, with Aronofsky, or you could do it with Get Out. All right, um, Black Swan. Okay. Black Swan. I thought. I mean, she won the Oscar for it. Uh, it was such a well-made movie. I thought the storytelling was excellent. I, they, gave you the emotions that they wanted to give you, and they were not the emotions I felt like feeling 
And so I was like, I don't like mm, this movie. Uh, with Nope, I'm curious about if that'll happen because I'm like, I love aliens. So mm-hmm. that's that's going to be cool. Uh, but with Get Out, I don't know, maybe it was just the racial barrier. I Could be. couldn't quite fully emotionally connect with the lead character. And even though I wanted to, I was rooting for him the whole mm-hmm. time, you know. Uh, but there's just something about it that I was like, you know, this is a this is a really good movie. I think one watch is decent. I'll watch it again in five, ten years, <laughs> you know. And maybe it'll be different then. Yeah, and that's been a lot of a lot of movies that I've seen are like, okay, I'll give it a few years, and now it, they're some of my favorite movies, you know. You know, I uh... first time I saw Sunshine, I was like, this movie sucks, and now it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I liked Get Out the first time. Uh, it was Us when I watched Us. Um, I was about, about to say them, but I feel like they they made something called them. It's Us, right? That Jordan Peele did. That was yeah. the second one. Yeah, that. Because there was that a TV one, show or something after that. I didn't like as much. Didn't like as much as Get Out. Yeah. Yeah, I feel. I feel there are like, some really cool shots in Us, though. There's yeah. excellent camera work in us. Well, that's because, like, Jordan Peele is such a uh, a movie lover. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, I, I would love to work with that guy just for the sure amount of times that I've seen him talk in the regard of respecting film mm-hmm. and wanting to make more of it and wanting to make more great film. And I think those are some of the best films out there are the ones made by just over-the-top movie lovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's that's for sure that guy. That guy is for sure a movie lover. Like I'm actually really sad he's not doing sketch comedy anymore. <laughs> um because I think he's I think he's funnier than um than Keenan. Key for sure. I don't know, like he I think they're both got there. I think they're both really funny, yeah. but he's I like just this there's funny something and he's this funny, but there's this something one is about my kind of funny. This Jordan Peele that like there's something about his characters and his eyes when he does those eyes where, you know, oh, yeah. where he has the big eyes or what, <laughs> whatever kind of like eye movement he does. He just does something with his eyes, these characters where I look at him as an actor. And I'm like, God damn, like I would I would love to work with him in any capacity. If he's yeah. a director, a writer, an actor, whatever he wants to do. Right. Yeah. But I guess that's why you get to do what he's doing. Yeah, I, I will direct your assistant for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. That guy's awesome. Yeah. Um, you should go watch Note. I should. And let yeah. me know what you think. Yeah. What are you, what uh, sci-fi movies do you really like? Alien is always going to be one of my favorites. Classic. Uh, just It's so good. Like the first one, so good. Like my dad always says, the second one, is so fun, mm-hmm. and I agree. <laughs> it's so fun. Great, you know? great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. The first mm-hmm. one's good. The first, the second one's fun. And uh, gosh, I really, uh, like I said, have a, a a thing for day repetition stuff. So Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. That's I like that, that movie. That's uh, just a. It's an excellent story too, and the storing t- storytelling of that movie is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they were still writing parts of it when they were filming, um, that it's just that director. I forget mm-hmm. his name. Uh, he did Born Identity and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. But if 
Google that if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. Put it in the comments. <laughs> might, might, might be. Those all sound, and uh, you know, when they, you say all three of those next to each other, they feel, it feels right. Yeah. It feels like they're probably the same person. Yeah. And uh, gosh, I think my favorite movie, especially sci-fi movie of all time, is going to be The Fifth Element, though. Mm. 1995, you know, and, and they couldn't do crazy cgi like we can now and it's just such a good movie it's so quotable it's so memorable the design the whether it's the costume design the set design the prop designs everything about it i i just really really like that movie and it's i think someone just sat around saying how'd the moon get there i don't know and then they told the story (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I just a meat that's got to be probably my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. I really like that. Um, whenever I think of that film, I always think of Casey Burke. Yeah, and his tattoos. Hey Casey. Hey man. Hey. Got if you've listened Earth <laughs> this far in wind, water, fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, for all of you who don't know this person, he is uh, the. No, it's here. The elements uh, in the fifth element, there are symbols on uh, for each of the elements that aren't the fifth element, earth, or sorry, earth. Uh, what is it? Air, water, fire, yeah. wind earth. blows. You know, fire like the burns. avatar, um, pre-avatar. Yeah. Uh, and these element signs, he has the tattoos on his inner arm. Uh, they're pretty cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. I had a student in um, my class at Take Two who was like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting to watch all of Chris Tucker's greatest things, but I've only watched Rush Hour one, two, and three. Uh, oh man! And I was those are great like, movies. But... And I was like, "Have you have you seen The Fifth Element?" And he was like, "No, it's, <laughs> it's right after Rush Hour four. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's what yeah. I said. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. And then he went and watched it. I hope he watched it. I don't yeah. know if he did. I was like, that's his best. That's like his best role. Yeah. I, it, I love that movie. Is Chris Tucker doing anything anymore? He's got to be. Yeah. Um, Cassie will look him up on IMDb, see what his current yeah. projects or projects in You know what? No, are. he was in uh, He was in Silver Linings Playbook. Mm. That's the last time I remember seeing him. He's good. He's I like in, him. He's in Silver Linings Playbook. Um, I'm also maybe, a huge Star Trek nerd. Star, Star Trek. Well, yep. Star mm-hmm. Trek, Star Wars. How many Star Treks have you watched? I've uh, seen all of the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the first year of quarantine, I watched 21 years of Star Trek. <laughs> wow. Because <laughs> I watched seven seasons of Next Generation, seven seasons of uh, Deep Space Nine, and seven seasons of Voyager. I had nothing to do. And it was fun because I hadn't really watched Next Generation since the 90s. And that's probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. It's such an excellently written show, too. Like, yeah. you talk about writing. Next Generation episodes, the majority of them are so well written in that the characters are given this obstacle, right? And whether it's motion. Uh, social obstacle or emotional obstacle or moral obstacle or ethical obstacle. And 
the writers don't just come down on either side whether they're supposed to do this. Like the characters sometimes make the wrong decisions, and uh, a lot of the times they do make the right, right make the right decisions. But it's it's fun to see writing like that, especially after the last ten years mm-hmm. of TV show writing, where it's okay if you're not watching a a cop drama. It's not going to be very good writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it's not a procedural, then... If it's not in certain oof, area. That's going to be some tough writing. I used to love... One of my guilty pleasures was CW shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Last, especially the last five years. For me, they're a bit unwatchable. They, yeah. They're still fun. They're still guilty pleasure. And they're... I like, the, <laughs> I like the look of them. Yeah. But the writing is just hard to connect with i'll say yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh wow fuck um that's harsh yeah that's harsh yeah but you know i get it but they're pretty people and pretty pictures pretty one people, of my favorite other favorite shows was supernatural so and that was a cw show was that on the cw it was yeah that's a fun show I uh, that's a show especially that the I first go, five seasons. I go in and out. Line. Yeah, those are the I, I I found myself able to watch a lot of that, mm-hmm. a lot of the first couple ones. But uh, yeah, if you yeah, watch the you first know, five seasons of Supernatural minus the last two seconds, you'll have one complete story. Yeah, I think there are like <laughs> thirteen or seasons, fourteen seasons, fifteen. I think fifteen. That's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. And of course, their last season happened during the pandemic, so. I want to say there's this whole thing about the finale, the series finale, having to be rewritten because of the pandemic. Of course. Yeah. They're going to get that money. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. I was like, okay, well, I want to see the original ending. People love Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. People go ape shit for it. In season eight and nine especially, they start to get really not heavy-handed with it, but they know it. Kind of show they are. There's so much fan service. They have this whole episode where they go to this high school, and the high school is putting on a production of Supernatural. Yeah, I've been told that (laughs) about this episode. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many great things like that in the later, Mm. the mid seasons. Yeah, I you know I think we live in an age of fan service almost. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's because everything that is rebooted is for that audience. Mm -hmm. Like everything at the beginning of this year, Uh, so. My first movie back from the pandemic was James Bond, and excellent choice, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's such a good movie. But then Matrix 4, Spider-Man, there's a couple other ones at the beginning of the year, and all of them were that same kind of fan y tongue-in-cheek, we-know-what-we-are type movies, you know? It's like taking know-your-audience to this level of, like, uh, sinfulness. In a way, yeah. Yeah. It's just too much. I think Spider-Man really did it right. Uh, Matrix 4 could have gone a little bit over the top. Uh, I'd have to watch that one with subtitles, I think, because there's a lot of talking in that one, and I've just gotten used to watching subtitles. The the Matrix one, man, I missed it, and uh, I was told that it just wasn't good. I very much enjoyed it, but, yeah, I could see why people didn't like it. I'll I'll watch it at some point because the original Matrix, love it. Oh, yeah. And guilty First pleasure Matrix is amazing. Guilty pleasure for two and three. Uh, I feel like everything you're saying about the CW is how I feel about the Matrix two and two and three. Yeah. 
Uh, it gets a little some, there's grandiose. There's some pretty people, and there's some pretty pictures. There's some things where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. they're in mechs with giant machine guns. Yeah. That's cool. But besides that, it's like, like There's out. what you call sequel syndrome, and there's yeah. another whole other thing you call grandiose syndrome, where it just gets too big. Like for Infinity War into Endgame, mm-hmm. I didn't really like Endgame at all. I started mm-hmm. not to like Infinity War just because of how big it got. You know, I just want these. I was a fan stories. I was a fan only of of Infinity War Part One when they killed off half the people. Yeah, because it is a franchise for kids. And then five minutes later, they're back. And well, that's <laughs> the thing. All of us know that. All yeah. of, all the adults know that. But if you're ten years old, if you're nine years old, if you're eight years old. You don't know that. Yeah. Like, you see Spider-Man die, that's fucking traumatic, yeah. okay? Like, literally, I can't I can't imagine the trauma that went into a lot of these children. Yeah. Um, from that, even if people came up and they're like, oh, no, they're going to come back, don't worry, whatever. Because it was like five minutes later, but for the kids who watched it, it was like five minutes later, two, two years later when they released the next <laughs> yeah. film. Yeah. You know, so you're waiting... You're waiting for those five minutes for two this years. Five year old kid is now seven, and he's like, "Oh, Spider Man's back." Whew. Whew. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm glad I didn't believe anybody about him dying. <laughs> you know, like I I enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and then when they got into the next one, and they had that moment where every single every single person comes out, and they did the Avengers yeah. Assemble thing. Like and, it was this cool whole know. Avengers Assemble thing, mm-hmm. but for me, it was just like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I mean, like, I was over it by when they did the the snap. I enjoyed that, but I was kind of over it in the second one when they immediately kill off Thanos. Yeah, like ripping his head off in the first couple seconds. They did, they bring it away. You don't expect it yeah. to, and you know, I think Disney was doing a lot of that at the time. Let's which, just look at the second Star Wars. Which you know, I actually like the second Star Wars. Star Wars eight. I think I like Star Wars eight. Yeah, I think Star Wars seven was safe, mm-hmm. safe, and they could have gone anywhere. Yeah. And then Star Wars 8, they chose to go a certain direction that they then just didn't double down on yeah. in 9, and they ruined the whole thing. I don't think it's 8's fault that they chose to go so far in a different path with 9. Yeah. I think what would have helped the trilogy, the new Star Wars trilogy, would have been the uh, opening... Uh, prologue of Star Wars 9 mm-hmm. should have been the ending of Star Wars 8. So he gets mm-hmm. to Exegol. Mm-hmm. That should have been how Episode 8 ended. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have tied it in a little bit better for sure. Yeah. Um, before we get too uh, far <laughs> off into just random I will go into Star movies, Wars. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about uh, current Greg artistry, current yeah. things you're doing um, if you're doing any acting gigs at the moment, I know that you uh, work a lot with Madwife, stuff mm-hmm. that you're doing with them. Yeah, I've had work you so have. much fun with Madwife. Uh, yeah, tell me all, all about that stuff. Yeah, so with Madwife, we just released our first feature film mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, so far, people like it, which is great because you, know, yeah. you want people to like your movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Carpe Diem. You can find it on Amazon or uh, on iTunes, Amazon, pretty much iTunes. a lot of places that you can uh, stream a movie is mm-hmm. where you can. 
if because carpe diem is one of those things that like if I type it in, I'm gonna get some. Uh, I would type some in different quotes. What would I type in? Like carpe diem movie 2022 starring Emily Sweet. Okay, yeah, type that in. If you if you can't find it on Amazon or iTunes, if you can't, if you absolutely can't, go ahead and Google Carpe Diem uh, movie 2022. Or just check out my IMDb. Or, or just check out Greg's IMDb that he casually drops all the time. Yeah. But sorry, continue. But that one stars Emily Sweet and Nick Jostin, and it's a, it's a crime drama D. Uh, these, these two, there's really no one that is redeemable in this movie which is fun uh i play two characters both cops twin brothers mm. one has a mustache <laughs> fun. Uh, both of them are involved with a traffic stop between the lead characters and one of them doesn't make it mm. uh, you'll have to watch it to find out which one mm. uh, <laughs> and there's this whole thing about the cartel and mm-hmm. accidentally taking over one of their drug houses <laughs> and then becoming very profitable with it. So, yeah, check it out. Carpe Diem 2022 starring Emily Sweet. Were you just an actor? I was. Uh, this was my first first assistant director gig, uh, so nice. that was really fun. I had only been a production manager before that, mm-hmm. only had been. Uh, so it was fun learning the ropes on assistant directing, uh, and then I was also a, a stunt coordinator on it as well as acting. So I was three hats on that one. Only three. Yeah, it start is it had an interesting background with the the whole production process. It started off as uh, it was going to be ten minute episodes for uh, not Tubi, uh, the one that went out of business, Quibi. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. The Q one. It, it was supposed to be ten minute episodes, right? So mm-hmm. we did uh, six episodes to start, and then we're like, okay, let's reformat this as a one hour pilot, mm-hmm. and over uh, that next year, we filmed that in summer of 2020. Over that year of uh, seeing the edit and getting a couple of test audiences, releasing the original title called No Virtue on Amazon, uh, we decided to just end it with by filling it out to a feature and calling it good. You know, and it, I think it is good. I think it really uh, uh, shows itself. And Andrew Arguello, he's uh, the DP on it. Uh, co-directed with MJ Paolo and I, I think they got a lot, a lot of just really excellent stuff in it um, our second feature we just shot in the spring it's called The Target List um, or Target List the short is either called The Target List or the feature is called The Target List one of them has a the on it <laughs> but Target List was really fun to shoot uh, we, we shot the short as uh, kind of a proof of concept and then that funded the, the feature which we shot in the spring um, and that uh, is finished the edit uh, so it's got a picture lock and now it's in sound and uh, music mm-hmm. and uh, that should be done by the end of the year and fingers crossed it sells in the new year or maybe before maybe it would be a Christmas present who knows uh, and uh, that should be out next year hopefully next spring or summer do you want to – maybe we should uh, – I asked you a lot of questions before, and we do, and we just dove right into Madwife. Yeah. So Madwife, uh, for everybody who doesn't know, is a production company in Reno, Nevada, that Greg do, does a lot of mm-hmm. uh, AD work with writing, I AD, believe, sometimes. Writing. Uh, production acting. and general acting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I said something before, something else, a question, but we just like glossed over it. I can't remember what it was. Cassie though. will remind us when she thinks of it. Other current projects. <laughs> and other oh, current it was other current projects, but yeah. it, uh, uh, just acting stuff. Any yeah. So um, so you've done Carpe Diem. Mm-hmm. Any other acting stuff that you did with Mad Wife? Or? I had a smaller role, a supporting role in uh, Target List, which is mm-hmm. really cool. Um, this third feature that we're going to start filming this coming weekend, actually, uh, the call sheet, I'm uh, AD on that, first AD, and the call sheet for our day three of filming says, wear jeans, so I'll, I'll probably be like a dead body in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll be working closely behind the camera as well, and so that's why I can't take a, a larger role in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, we that's- also... Do a lot of shorts with Madwife. You can check out the Madwife YouTube channel. Um, that's transferring we'll into that. we'll link uh, that production, a side production company called Deadwife Productions. Oh, our, cool. our first Deadwife production was called Mischief Night, and mm-hmm. I was the DP on that. It was one of the it was the first thing I've ever got to DP with uh, that group of people, and is a, a lot of fun. I've uh, got to use all my gear that I've been spending too much money on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I got to try some lighting techniques that I've been itching to try out. And I, I really I really enjoy the pictures that I got, and I think people are going to like it. Uh, Dylan Brown of mm-hmm. Horror Nerd Productions or Horror Dads Productions now uh, directed that one. And he just had his, like two different movies come out. The Flock, which is getting yeah. really good reviews. We, we have him on Tahoe here. Joe, which is... Supposed to be really fun. I love Sasquatch stories or yeah. Sasquatch stories. We had him on for uh, the flock. He was yeah, episode six. No, episode five. He was episode five. Nice. You're episode twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving forward with Dead Wife, that might be really cool to hopefully practice a lot of my cinematography skills that I've mm-hmm. been learning and practicing here and there, but really try to go full bore with you know question on that if i were somebody who was like hey greg you have all this equipment that you've spent too much money on and an itch to uh to use your cinematography skills and i just so happen to have this little short that i'm doing um but i don't really know what to do and maybe have a little bit of money throw your way or whatever um if i were said filmmaker Mm -hmm. Um, how would I approach you? And is there uh, like a fee that you would throw out there for like a minimum of how long it would be? Like right. say I needed you for two days. Right. That's, that's pretty standard, like a mm-hmm. weekend, you know? Yeah. Uh, what what would you say to me? Well, uh, if you're a first-time person and you don't have a portfolio – We'd have a really nice sit-down chat about it, um, really go into depth about what the project is, what it means to you, what it's about, uh, and then I'd come away with a decision about whether we want to work together from there. Um, I do have a day rate uh, as a cinematographer or gaffer. Um, What's your day rate? <laughs> it's uh, I'll tell you. You can <laughs> listen privately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to know his day rate, hit him up. He has one. Yeah. It's not a commercial level. It's mm. um, maybe you could say uh, what it is you are offering for this uh, variable day rate. Yes. Uh, so I've got uh, 
I'd have to rent a camera because I've got all the lenses, I've got all the lights, I've got sound equipment. I just rent my cameras because mm-hmm. those are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Or borrow a camera, or borrow your camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd have a, a camera package that would have that pricing included with it. My lighting package would which would have that included with it. Um, currently, all my gear fits inside of my car. It's a tight fit, but uh, you get all my gear. And uh, I think I can get some really good, really, really good pictures with what I have, mm-hmm. uh, especially using the techniques that you would learn on those filmmaking channels like Filmmakers Academy or mm-hmm. Studio Binder. Yeah. I just wanted to throw out, I, I'm yeah. very ambiguously saying this, but if you were somebody that was like looking to try and uh, get a DP, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily have enough money to get a crew of like 10 people, right? like the crew that you're thinking you need, um, the crew that's going to be thousands of dollars, whatever that is, you know, yeah. you just have a, a short, you might be able to just hit up Greg. You yeah. might be able to talk to him and depending on how big your budget is, we yeah. could like, if I were to bring everything, I would need an assistant, whether that's a, a camera operator or a gaffer or grip or just a PA, uh, depending on whether it's all of those, um, that depends on the budget. Uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to throw out for, for you and just for everybody else. People all the time are coming up to me and they're like, oh, you can make films and stuff like that. And I very much piecemeal like most of my stuff together. Mm-hmm. Every every set that I've ever been on, I have actually piecemealed probably every piece of equipment. Yeah. Um, to an extent, like I, I just don't have it. Um, Greg, on the other hand, has a lot of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of knowledge. You know what I mean? And um, and also he's somebody that like you could use the DP work, I think. Mm-hmm. You could you could definitely ju- that itch that you've been talking about scratching. Yeah. Uh, being able to employ these different techniques that you're you're learning all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, depending on the listening. if we're talking dollar amounts, depending on the size of the production, that would be between seven hundred dollars a day down to like three fifty a, a half day. Yep. Yeah, definitely depends on uh, the size of the production everything, yeah. though. Or right. even $200 a day, you know, depending on how many hands are there, you know. Yeah, you know, a lot of it, I think, just depends on um, what what's going on on set and also what uh, people are going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. I guess a standard commercial DP yeah. is like $1,500 a day. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's with like a... A huge, with a big grip truck and everything, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like with, with, I don't know Andrew's rates exactly, um, but he's got this quarter ton grip truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's quarter ton. I don't know. It's like a lot of a lot of it's stuff. Pretty big shop. Yeah, it's a, it's everything that you would need for a feature film, and mm-hmm. uh, he, it's amazing. And he's got really great camera package. He's got. Oh man, I'm probably gonna butcher the numbers, so I won't even say them. But he's got a good package with Madwife Productions. Such a good package! Oh my god, he's seen <laughs> and the balls package. to use it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, if you are really looking to get really high end in Reno, look for the high end. Go for Andrew. Yeah, Andrew at Madwife is mm-hmm. where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fitting. And feeling pretty comfortable in the 
mid to low end market for Reno mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for narrative filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I, for narrative uh, filmmaking, that's yeah. very important to uh, yeah. to put on there. Yeah, I am not skilled at commercials. I'm not too skilled at music videos. He's very skilled when it comes to the documentary, mockumentary style. And yeah. if you are somebody that was like on a reality TV show, Greg is uh, a character slash the uh, DP on Serial Confessions, which is the series that I write and star in. Um, he also stars in it. But he does literally all of the camera work you see in that. I would say that the, there's like a point. There's a little bit that I do, and it's probably just like guiding him through the <laughs> space we're in and be like, this is what I'm kind of thinking. And then he makes it work. That's that's <laughs> how it works. Like Those are fun to shoot, too. Yeah, you do a really good job with it. I yeah. just wanted to throw that out Thank that you. that um you're like as far as a documentary or a reality TV show, if somebody was uh looking mm-hmm. for a camera op for that, you'd be really good for that for sure. The last uh 2 years I've been uh working on live broadcast too. So mm-hmm. uh, camera work for a live broadcast yeah. or live editing for you, broadcast. You do that for Grace, right? I do. So yeah. may, maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh is it switching? Is that what you call it? Yeah, Just, we call it video switching. Yeah. Uh, so the video director, the one switching uh the live broadcast, making sure the audience is seeing what they want them to see, you know. Uh, we have seven cameras that we work with uh that are live and we can switch to them at any point. Uh Four of them are usually with a, a human operator. Uh, so we've got two hard cams, a tight and a, a wide at center. Uh, we've got a, a wide slide off to the side of the room. It's a pretty big room. It's a 1,200-seat room. And uh, we have another uh, – the the wide slide on the side of the room can be manual operated or it can be static and just be wide. Uh, we have an automatic slider up in the balcony, which is cool. Wow. And we have two stage cameras. Uh, they're – One's handheld for moving around the drum set. The other one's on sticks for the keyboard, mostly because we don't have enough volunteers. Uh, and then my favorite one is camera number four. Um, so, <laughs> And that one is the shoulder rig that ro- roams about the room. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, you have one hand on the grip and with our setup, one hand on the lens, mm-hmm. and you're either changing the focus or changing the zoom. We have a mm-hmm. 70 to 200 canon lens on there we currently we have all black magic cameras Uh, we recently purchased red komodos which is going to be cool because Mm -hmm. we get to get to learn that workflow Mm -hmm. you know every camera system you get you learn a different camera a different workflow i hate it i hate it (laughs) whether you're working on a sony uh my supervisor at work he shoots sony he got his own uh, fx3 Mm -hmm. and just coloring that right off the gate was uh interesting to learn but now it's a breeze because uh, mm-hmm. you've put it on the right setting and you you know the color science now mm-hmm. you've worked with this color this sony color science for a while and you get to know it uh with the black magics i got to uh, understand that color science a bit better with uh, my buddy matt at sequel productions mm-hmm. i got to learn the z cam color science and i really like that color science now uh and especially the workflow uh, that they provide. You have to get the free plugins uh, for the Zcam, but I, I really do enjoy that workflow now. Um, so learning the red workflow is going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of education, I think, um, but it's going to be cool in that it's a industry standard camera and it's mm-hmm. an industry standard workflow. So be able to take that knowledge and 
go anywhere. Netflix. With it. <laughs> Way the future. Way the future. Way yeah, the future. The future. Way the future. Way the future. Way the future. Aviator over here. Way the future. Way the future. Way the future. If you don't get it, go watch more movies. <laughs> we have a game where we would just throw out any random movie quote that has to pertain to the conversation. We name that movie. That one was the aviator. That one was the aviator. <laughs> he is not wrong. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's right. That's the end of the. That's the end of the movie too. Go watch it. It's a really good film. <laughs> um, are you Are you planning on doing any theater ever I would again? Love. I would absolutely love to do theater. Uh, if you have time. If I have time, and uh, because I'm equity, if mm-hmm. the theater has budget. There's there's different ways around it, mm-hmm. but equity the, the the union doesn't really like the ways yeah. that are around it, even though they provide ways around it. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, actually, we want you to get really paid hard. a lot of money from these people that don't have any money. <laughs> We're actually gonna need you to do that, or it's not gonna work. Yeah. craft what? <laughs> yeah, uh, craft schmaft. So. Working privately between like classes and stuff is kind of where mm-hmm. I'm getting my acting fix. Um, yeah. I'd I'd love to do my workaround right now is like oh let's get a, let's get a studio and do a, a live TV production mm-hmm. of something like uh, uh, my buddy Bud Perry in college, mm-hmm. uh, rest in peace. He uh, started something called Untamed, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite stage productions to do ever. Uh, the best versions of it is where the first week the, the cast sits down and writes as many plays as they can. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how long they are. And then the directors will choose whatever amount of them. When I did it, when I directed it, uh, we chose basically five hours of material mm-hmm. and we performed that over a weekend. Uh, so we had 99 plays that were ba- around five hours in total and we would perform 33 of them a night. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. in random order chosen by the audience, and that's, I think, my favorite way of doing uh, Untamed. Uh, Ryan Kelly, mm-hmm. Stacey Johnson, they kind of had Untamed now, um, and it's just so. It's it's just pure creativity. You know, you you write something, uh, you get with your friends, then they maybe help you write it. Uh, they kind of work on the ideas that make it feel better and uh, make the audience enjoy it because you can write something and you can enjoy it but if the audience doesn't enjoy it then what's the point because uh, that's why it, that, that's the whole purpose for real um, and then seeing your work get worked on right away is really really cool and really fun and really collaborative um, I really enjoy once I've written it just handing it off and be like okay now you guys do something with it mm. uh, one of them that I wrote uh, I was not actually in this one because I was doing Shakespeare at the Lake. Um, Ryan Kelly and Stacey Johnson were directing. And one of them had something to do with uh, secret handshakes, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a fun script that I wrote. I think it's going to be cool. And then when I saw them do it, I was like, wow, that's a that's a different take on what I wrote. <laughs> I, <laughs> and it's cool because that was how they understood the script. And that's how uh, they got enjoyment, and the audience really liked it. So it was cool. I would have directed it differently. I would have, uh, you know, been like, okay, well, this is how what I meant behind the writing. But that was nice. That's but, the whole uh, thing about collaborating is people get their input, 
and mm-hmm. you get to enjoy their input, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether and, you agree with their input or not. <laughs> and I think that, uh, you know, having I like seeing the input of actors and um, being able to watch it a couple times and then thinking to yourself, how do I take this layer even if this layer isn't necessarily something I didn't see in the original product mm-hmm. and fit it in. Yeah. You know, how do I, how do I make it so like a part of this can be in the final, the final, uh, portion, if you will. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that reminds me of people who say, Oh, I hate this actor or like in a movie, mm-hmm. let's just say a popular one, Hayden Christensen in episode two, you know, yep. mm-hmm. or, Kristen Stewart in Twilight. Um, mm-hmm. I Good think picks. Yep. rather they don't like the character or the direction, but not the acting. Because mm-hmm. um, a lot mm-hmm. of times people confuse their emotional response with bad acting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for me, bad acting is when you see the acting, right? Oh, okay. I can, mm-hmm. s- I can see you trying pretty hard here. That's let's, a good point. Let's, get, uh, let's get back into just the story. Um, but if it's just an emotional response to the story or whatever it's going on that you're seeing, then that's character or direction, right? That's, you don't like the character. You don't like the direction. You don't like the story. That's a good point. That's not bad acting. Mm-hmm. Of course, not everybody can say, I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> I hate sand. It's <laughs> <laughs> just to throw out a random, uh, you know, oh, a popular meme. Yeah. Oh, that's a, I, I really like that. I really like what you just said. Um, God, this reminds me of the last episode of the podcast. We had this girl, Jillian, I work with Mm. her. She's a sound healer. And literally she would just say these like really insightful things. And afterwards I would just be like, oh wait, we're on a podcast. I have to talk. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to sit there and think about it for like like the next five minutes. You can't do that though. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. Uh, I just wanted to ask you uh, future goals. So uh, in my mind, you work with Grace most of the time. That's (laughs) that's your main gig. That's day job, yeah. And then uh, like... Film-wise, you're always working with Mad Wife. You're always making stuff with yeah. him. And then you always are doing things uh, with, you'd mentioned Matt mm-hmm. uh, at Sequel yeah. Productions as well. Um, are those the only two people you do stuff with? No, I ac- I also work with Teensy Leader Pictures. And Teensy Leader, <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but those are the three that I, I concentrate most of my time on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've Worked a lot with Emily Skyle as well. Mm-hmm. Emily um, Skyle. Mm-hmm. On Dear George and uh, a lot of her other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Mad Wife is kind of the, the main concentration right now. Uh, I just finished a film with Matt at Sequel Productions. It's a Friday the 13th. The real part nine. <laughs> the real part nine. Since the ninth movie, Jason Goes to Hell, is not a part number, uh, this is part nine. Um, Technicality. Yeah, so... Yes, and, and the whole ninth movie of Jason Goes to Hell has that whole like, uh, is this actually a thing? Because it's really just his spirit possessing people, and the people kill other people rather than Jason killing people. So it's it's like this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in our movie, Jason is killing people. <laughs> it's very clear <laughs> in this part. Yeah, there is Jason. This mask for sure. Yeah, there's this mask guy with a hog man and a machete, and there's some pretty fun kills in it. Uh, 
Um, what what are your your goals going forward in the next couple of years? Next couple wise, of years, film wise, um, acting uh, wise, I'll be. We have a release now with Madwife, which is really cool. Um, I would really love a national theatrical release, uh, international release. Um, I think those are probably going to be my top goals uh, of, of that. Um, there's all sorts of things that go into that. Which For is, like a specific project or just in general? In like, general. Yeah, uh, yeah like movie-wise, I, I want to be making theatrical releases, you know, or Joe Schmo can watch this in some random Kentucky movie theater, you know, mm-hmm. if they have movies in the- theaters in Kentucky. If they still do. <laughs> they probably do. I'm sure they do. They don't know. What if you're from Kentucky, is... I'm sorry, but we're from Nevada. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty good goal. Yeah, so that's I want to be making goal. theatrical releases uh, and uh, national or international or mm-hmm. you know one of my one of my first goals was just to have my name in the movie credits mm-hmm. of, a, of a movie and now that's the next goal is to be part of that and oh, I'd love to uh, be on any any side of the camera. Of course, acting is my highest passion. Give me, you know, me, this, this is going to bring you back. Name your like three top, uh, positions that you want. All right. Acting, uh, directing. That's like so many people say directing, but I think I, I have a, a little bit of a grasp on it now after, you know, 20 years. Um, and cinematographer. Yeah. Acting, directing, cinematography. Yeah. Maybe cinematography before directing. I don't know. I, I really love lighting. So maybe cinematography before directing. And I, I mean, like, you got editing down to a point as well where mm-hmm. your cinematography would just be super upped by it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could uh, should probably look into being, a, like, a remote editor. You probably <laughs> could make some good money off it. Yeah. Yeah, for real. For real, for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so those are, those are my big goals is to make big movies that strangers can watch sci-fi films sci-fi film oh man yes <laughs> yes i'll make that crazy alien one with the kids <laughs> please do yeah uh literally that one i want to do with miniatures when it, whenever you have time to just like put the call out yeah into into reno that you were making a film guarantee you you i mean what you named Mad Wife sequel, Teensy, Emily. If you got all four of those people, all four of those entities to just make your film, it would I'm probably just saying, get done. The army exists in <laughs> Reno. It yeah, just, the army it, definitely Yeah, exists. the army exists in Reno. It's yeah. just the right projects have to come up. Mm-hmm. Mad Wife's doing a good job with it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, when when's uh, the Friday the 13th coming out? Uh, that one. Part nine. Yeah, it's called Midnight Bloodshed. Um, Midnight. That one we're still working on Midnight the picture Bloodshed. lock. Uh, we're probably another month out on the picture lock. Uh, we were hoping for a late October release, but mm-hmm. now since I'm just getting too busy, I've only been mm-hmm. able to work like one or two days on it mm-hmm. a week. And uh, we're well over halfway through the picture lock, which is nice. Uh, and then we'll go through, clean up the audio. Um, it's a low-budget fan film. So we're going to keep that style throughout it and, and really lean into that 
style and genre, which is going to help quicken the release. Yep. Um, uh, but it, it's a it's a fun flick. Uh, through a production, uh, I got to help out quite a bit. Uh, I got to do a lot of really instinctual stuff, which was great. Uh, you get to work really fast uh, on trying to just come up with a good looking scene uh, for for filming and because you don't have a lot of time it's a no budget movie you don't have time the actors are only there for maybe an hour you know, like we just got to get in we got to get this we got to make it look as best as we can and so uh, working on your instincts like that I think is a really good skill to have too because mm-hmm. you can do the theory you can take two hours to light something you could take eight hours to light a scene but if you can do it in five minutes that's all you need yeah all you need is five minutes. And then, I mean, if you can do it in five minutes, the producer's like, oh, we just saved all that money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or the line producer's like, hey, you're not over budget. Of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, I so, just hear line producer and my spine yeah. shivers. Yeah. Snakes <laughs> of the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just met a lot it of line producers. takes all jobs producers. to make a movie. I understand. I've yeah. just met a lot of line producers, and I don't want to say that there was a line producer that I met that was, like, super bad, but there have been a lot of bad ones. There have been a lot of just, like, yeah. it's just a vibe. That's it. And it's because they work around money. I don't envy their job. Yeah. I, I know it's a, it's a it's difficult a, I don't job. know. I don't think I'd be able to do it any better than they. Yeah. That, I should definitely preface it with that. Like, I, I can would, be a no man, but I don't know if I could be that kind of a no man. Yeah, that's, that's a tough <laughs> fucking job. Yeah. Like, for real, yeah. Um, well, I think that's that's probably about it. Unless there's right. anything else you want to talk about, no, I've had a great time. But uh, I think that was really great, and thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, and until next time, au revoir, bye bye. As Gandalf would say, "May the force be with you, Harry." That's what he says. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm.